welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I hope summer's off to a great start for you. Do you ever wonder if the document or the presentation you've been using for marketing or sales or anything else is the most up-to-date version available? And would you even know where to look to be sure? If that's not a problem for you, congratulations. Count yourself among the lucky ones. But that's what we're going to talk about today. And without any further blah, blah from me, let's dive right into it. Frankie Buckle is a customer success manager at Wyden Enterprises and has worked previously as a marketing manager for Carl Zeiss Microscopy. We were introduced by Johannes Amen, who's a great friend of and two-time guest on this podcast, and she's here today to talk about digital asset management. Frankie, welcome. Hi, Chris. Thank you. So let's start so everybody's on the same page with a brief explanation of what digital asset management is, and then we can talk about how people can use it to make a difference for their business. Sure, yes. So uh, digital asset management is kind of um, a central source of truth for your digital files in your company. So if you think about how you're storing your assets, your digital files for marketing, for your business generally, where they live, like um, they might live on uh, Google Drive, on Dropbox, perhaps on servers, on USB sticks, on people's desktops, they're kind of everywhere. So digital asset management is a way to um, kind of organize all those things. And it kind of acts as a a hub or a single source of truth. Um, so it's essentially a database that stores all of your files and it's accessible online and it's a way to sort um, and organize everything uh, based on metadata and um, file types and what uh, your business goals are. And it can make a difference in your business by uh, storing all of these files um, in one place so that everyone can access them, but also acting as a single source of truth in that you can link from those files. So you only ever have to store the file once and you can share it everywhere as a link. So you can embed it into um, a web page, into a wiki, and you can link um, from any sort of web-based channel that you wish, send it as a link to someone in a chat or in an email. So it can make everything um, very seamless and flow very easily. Then if you update that file that you have linked to in the digital asset management system, then um, it gets updated everywhere. You've shared those links. Yeah, nice. So you mentioned something in there before I go on to the next question about your mm-hmm. business goals. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about you know, figuring out how to use or thinking about how to use a DAM or digital asset management tool with respect to your goals and what, what those might be sure. beyond having a single source of truth and so on. Okay. So I guess from a, um, I can talk about it from a marketing perspective, maybe. Um, so if you're sharing content, it's really about kind of helping your brand or your company to tell a story. Um, so, I mean, that's what most businesses want to do in marketing. They want to tell their story and um, guide their customers um along this, this story with their story so that they can then create leads and create relationships um, with customers. So I guess from a business goal perspective, um, it, it helps you to be organized and it also helps you find things quickly so that you can also be more efficient in your company. So that if you have people asking your marketing department all the time, oh, where do I get this? Where do I get this logo? Where do I get this file? How do I get this piece of content? Marketing can then manage this as a, as a, um, a hub or a database of everything um, and 
people can then come into the dam um, and use that as their kind of source of, of truth, as it were. Although I'm going to keep saying that a lot on this on this uh, podcast, Chris. <laughs> we love sources of truth here. <laughs> so what um, we should also probably talk about using a dam as a tool for content creation and managing that workflow as well. So what does that mm -hmm. look like? Um, so yeah, using DAM for content creation. So if you're a design team or, or in a media team, um, as I was previously at Carl Zeiss Microscopy working in the marketing department, so I'd actually make that content and then I'd put it into the DAM for people to find. So for example, perhaps a, a product brochure, um, a, a photograph, something like that, any sort of type of digital content. Um, I would create that using InDesign, uh, using all the Adobe products, Adobe packages, um, have my final piece and then I'd put that into the dam um, and then that could be then be used um, anywhere else the link to it could be used in Marketo it could be used uh, online in a wiki uh, in, in our uh, uh, intranet on our website um, yes yeah, so regarding the managing the workflow side of it so content creation um, the tool that we use so the software we use is called widen and um, that's who I now work for um, and they also have a workflow tool a kind of pr a proofer tool at the beginning of the dam so even before you've made your content so you say say for example you've made a, a PDF brochure you can actually use the workflow tool the workflow application of the dam even before this piece of content gets into the dam to do your approval process so perhaps you have you start with a proof from a designer you put it into this workflow application and it can be routed through um, a workflow of, of approval. So you could have maybe the marketing department approves the text, approves the images. Maybe you have a, a round of um, legal review to check everything regarding pricing or contracts, um, can check it. And then maybe you have a final review and that might be um, the manager or um uh, or maybe it stops with the legal team or the finance team and then it can get released into the dam then for general company-wide use. Got it. So um, in some recent episodes, uh, we're moving on to just thinking about other ways to use this. We focused on mm -hmm. Google Analytics and specifically on campaign metrics because sometimes you'd like, you know, Google could tell you, for example, how many times a particular thing was downloaded or whatever but if it's in multiple places then maybe you're having to aggregate that data and so on so with it, a dam it seems like we could learn a lot if you have that single source of truth mm -hmm. about how those specific assets or pieces of content get used and where they're getting used so that not only how how great is this piece of content in particular but how, how does it get accessed most frequently right Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, um, yes, as I've mentioned, the, the dam can be your single source of truth for all your assets. If, if we go back to this PDF brochure that is being stored in the dam, you can see um, how many times that's been downloaded by uh, your, your user base. You can see how many times that's been shared by your user base. You can see how many, um, how many times that's been ordered. So, for example, if a... Um, if one of your user base shares it with their customer. So for example, you have a salesperson um, and they want to share that with a customer, you can actually see that and see where that's been shared. Um, and that salesperson can then actually track that as well in the back um, of the dam. Right, so you get to see, again, not only what pieces of content are most popular, but where, you know, what kind mm -hmm. of activity occurs around them. Yep, you can also see where they're being uh, shared. So if, for example, if, uh, one of your pieces of um, 
uh, one of your so this brochure if the brochure is being shared uh, on a wiki page you can see that that link has been shared um, on a specific page you can see the source of where that's come from um, by going to the insights part of the widen dam in this case yeah so everyone uh, that touches content has experienced that challenge that you mentioned at the beginning of finding the assets version control Mm -hmm. getting files to agencies, um, and maybe we've already covered this, but talk a little bit about those things and, and how a dam solves those problems specifically. Sure. So um, if you're working in marketing and you're perhaps you're working with an agency, you don't have to send uh, large emails. You don't have to send uh, zip files. I mean, I know that you can also do this with um, Google Drive and um, using SharePoint. But with the DAM, you really have um, a, a way to analyze where your data is being used. So if you give links perhaps to a marketing agency that you're working with, you can actually track where they've been used by the marketing agency as well as anywhere that those marketing agency would be using those in a campaign or, or, um, or, or for advertising. Um, yeah. All right. So let's, and another thing that we talked about previously, I thought this was interesting. Um, mm -hmm was the use of content in a tender spec or something. So to be, so you could score how content performs in those things and which tenders are won. So with, with the DAM, you have the option of uh, using APIs to connect to other pieces of software in your company. So for example, you could be potentially use pieces of content to uh, link that to perhaps tender specification software where um, you can look where the most successful pieces of content are being used to generate sales and where that's being, um, where that is successful, then you can use that content as good content and perhaps the content that's used less, you focus on less. So you know what's generating sales, what your salespeople are using, where they're quoting. I don't have a specific customer who does this, but this would be a potential idea for how to monetize your content. Right. So that seems pretty useful. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Let's, um, let's talk about portals. And so I guess we should start with explaining what we mean by a portal. We've talked about this uh, with somebody else on this podcast, but mm -hmm. for people who haven't heard that, describe a, the use of a portal and, and how they're used. So within the dam, um, specifically the, the widened dam that I'm talking about now, um, you have access to the DAM as a, as a general user, but um, as you log in, you have a kind of customized experience and you can search the full the full DAM. But perhaps if you're working in marketing, you don't want your salespeople to have access to um, everything uh, in one go. You want to give them a kind of more curated, personalized experience to be able to find even more quickly what they need. So you can actually make a kind of microsite. So a portal is a kind of microsite or a window onto your DAM. So um, you can create kind of a, a web page with a small navigation. Um, you can dish out the content exactly as you need and, and kind of um, brand it how you like. Um, you can even use different languages. You don't have to stick to, it, to English. You can translate them into whatever language you need. So you can um, give them a link to this portal and then they can download and search within this portal. Kind of very similar to the DAM, but it's just a small, very well curated, specific um, window onto this content that you only want this person to see. They don't have to log into the DAM. You could have the option to do that if you wanted to. You could password protect your portal as well. Um, 
or you can make it freely accessible. But it, it's kind of a, yeah, a, a curated experience, a, a microsite, a place to where you, people can get their assets. So it sounds like you could do that for marketing, for agencies, for your sales team. You could have different portals for all of those, including you know some customer segments. Yep, absolutely. So if you are um, maybe you're running a sales um, a, pro- a product launch, uh, you could send a, a portal, make create a portal specifically to help your salespeople with that new product launch. Um, with the agency, you could perhaps give them a, a link to a brand portal. It would show them how to use all the different logos. It would explain to them the typography and the sort of spacing required around the logo and explaining a bit more about your brand. And then you can also link assets into that as well it's for them to download. Right. So now I have to ask you about my favorite thing. You can host an internal podcast for your own company, right? You could, yes, indeed. You can certainly you can <laughs> store MP3 files. You can, uh, yeah. So you could have a collection, yeah. I guess, of podcasts for your company. Yep, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and and no reason why you couldn't. I mean, I'll also have links to those MP3 files on your website if you wanted to create an external podcast, but for some reason maybe not put it up on iTunes. Yep, I mean, exactly. Just, you could do that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You could actually embed those files as well. So if you wanted to keep your own website, you could just uh, use an embed code from the DAM um, that linked directly to that audio file. Right. Nice. And you could version that. So then, if, for example, if you um, run a new version of that podcast, say so you'd update it every year, you, all you have to do is then update the link, uh, upload a new version in the DAM, and then that link automatically gets updated. You don't even need to touch that website. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's a, I'll just Mm -hmm. say it's a great example um, that I think would come up more frequently on an internal podcast. I I would think if you, you know, if you're producing an external public facing podcast, I mean, that Mm -hmm. content is either evergreen or you have new, more Mm -hmm. interesting things. Mm -hmm. But if it's an internal resource, maybe there is a change and you only want a single thing to mm-hmm. be representative of whatever that product or service or change is. And you say, hey, yep. we have new information on this. If you want to hear it now, go back to this mm-hmm. particular episode. It um, could be useful for videos as well. So if you have um, a, a company video, perhaps that gets updated over time, and you want to use it at a trade show, you'd simply put the new version of the video in the dam. And then everyone who had the old link, perhaps from the year before, would actually have the new video right in their, in their files again. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah. So no one has to update their presentations. It just, when it it just does it automatically. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So um, I have a little note here from our previous conversation on touch versus tech and automated. Mm -hmm. And and I don't have a specific question around this, but I know we talked about it and made an impression on me because there's an exclamation point in my notes. (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk about. What you meant by touch versus tech, the other note I have here is automated, rep- automating repetitive tasks like tagging images. So because one of the things that you have to do if you have a digital asset management system is it relies on lots of metadata around those files so they can be searched by type and content and so on. So talk about that. Sure. Yep. So uh, yeah, as you just said, exactly that things have to be tagged correctly. You have to have the correct metadata. Um, so there is, you know, work in, in that side to keep your assets um, searchable to make sure they have the correct metadata as they enter into the sites so that people can find it because that's the whole point of having a dam. 
So um, regarding the AI side of things, so you could use, um, we have a couple of AI providers that we use um, to do auto tagging of metadata. So look at images, this is especially useful for, for images. Um, so if you have uh, a large photo library or photo uh, stock photos that you store um, for your company, this might be helpful for you. Um, so we have on upload, it would be able to look at the images, analyze them, and then populate keywords based on what the AI can see um, in that image. So there's an automated part of that. And there's actually, we use different providers and you can actually use all of those within the DAM. Um, so yeah, AI is used there. So I think I think what we talked about with the touch versus tech before, Chris, was to do with um, you know AI. And we talked about how technology um, you know, people sometimes people are a little bit scared about AI and think, oh, that could take away my job. Or, but but it's not really about that because you obviously have to build the AI uh, program to start with. Um, you have to teach it how to um, to recognize things and how, how to do these. How to do, I mean, I'm not an expert on AI, so <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I think it's about the um, so the use of AI can be can be used for things which you know, are small or repetitive in everyday life. They don't have to be like these big scary robots kind of wandering around your house. It's like, what's really repetitive that annoys me that I could just get a computer to do? And in this case, metadata tagging perhaps is one of those things. It's not always 100% going to be useful in, in all circumstances, but um, certainly for image tagging or just kind of starting at getting going with little effort, um, I think the AI use would, would be really good here. And that kind of brings me on to the touch versus tech thing. So I would say that um, Widen specifically are a company which, you know, it's a technology company. Um, a lot of it's very self-serve when you when you uh, purchase the dam. You have a lot of support uh, online. Um, you can read blogs. You can contact custom other customers online. You can ch chat with our support online. It's all very much using technology, but it's all there's all people behind it. So it's it's not really a touch versus tech. It's not really like, oh, it's taking people away. It's really very much touch and tech together. You can't really um, take the, the humans out of using DAM because, again, if you're trying to tell a story to humans, the whole thing, the whole process is kind of a human a human thing. Um, so when we talk about touch versus tech at Widen, yes, we're using technology. We're using technology such as Slack in our company. We use uh, Google. We use our we use our own um, technology. We use we use um, the dam ourselves. We use the workflow tool ourselves. But behind it is all the humans and you know how how we connect. So I'm as a customer success manager, I I want to make sure my customers are successful and that means I have to get in contact with my customers and ask them how they're doing and what they want to do next and what their business goals are and what how they want to strategize. So it's kind of making sure that the dam, it's always serving them. And that has to be a very human approach, I think. Yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. Um, I'm going to include a link um, besides to to widen and yourself, of course, mm -hmm. um, to Ethan Kopit's uh, recent podcast where we talked about AI and the automation of repetitive tasks. And I just think about, for me personally, searching for images is hard, mm -hmm. um, which is why I love podcasting. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can also imagine, you know, if you have the, an AI that begins to get good at tagging your images, you still want to check what's going on in there. And maybe it's um, you start to see how it's working and then you say, oh, here's a here's a phrase that keeps popping up, but that's never going to be relevant for any of our things. Let's tell this thing to never tag anything like that. And of course, you're teaching it all along to get better and mm -hmm. better at 
at whatever it's trying to do, but it still requires some review for it to be mm-hmm. the most useful. Um, I think for a large company, uh, you know, so I worked at a company once where one of our techie marketing people kind of built their own digital <laughs> asset mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. system, yep. which, which was really just, you know, a sort of an organized database about, and mm-hmm. hopefully it relied on individuals putting in the most recent version and so on. Um, this seems so much better. And, and for large companies with massive amounts of content, this seems like an obvious choice. But if I'm a small company or a startup, why should I think about implementing this system right away? Sure. Yes, that, that's very a very good point, actually. Um, well, I think as you're a, if you're a small company, you probably will start using, you know, um, sort of file sharing options like Dropbox and Google or things like that. Um, but then I think using a DAM when you're a smaller company, it gets you to think more about the future. So I think it helps you to future-proof yourself as you grow because obviously not all small, medium-sized enterprises stay small, medium-sized enterprises. Hopefully they will grow to be to big, big enterprises. And I think if you, you start with DAM um, to keep everything safe and secure um, with the right metadata, um, you'll always be able to find what you need and it will save you so much time down the road. And when new people come on, I remember actually when I first, um, when, when the dam was kind of really uh, embedded in the company at, at Zeiss um, and someone came from another company and the first thing they said was, oh, where do I find all this stuff? And I think they said, or someone, actually, I don't think it was even me. I think someone said, oh, you can find it in, in Widen. We, call, we called it Widen in the, in the company. You can find it in Widen, and they were like, "Wow, my company has never had anything like this. This is this is amazing." And I was like, "Yes, this is great. This is so nice that someone actually finally appreciates like my years of work." <laughs> but they were a new, they were a new they were a new person, and they'd never seen anything like it. So it was that was really nice. I was like, "Good, yeah." So I think that's a quite good example of like, you know, he could then find archived things that he could research. He was new to the company, he wanted to have a look at things, and he was like, "All oh, this stuff just at my fingertips. I don't have to ask anyone. It's just there." I was like, "Yeah." It's really, yeah. it's really good. And that's just one person. And if you, you know, as you grow, yeah. <laughs> you know, every person you bring on is going to, you know, either enjoy that experience or, um, you're going to spend a lot of time with mm-hmm. the alternative. And so yep. it makes I would sense. say that the, the dam does have, um, there is some training involved when you first start with some with a new person, but it saves so much time in the long term because trying to find files from like, you know, five years ago, that someone might have on a hard drive is <laughs> it's like it's like do the training a little bit of training now which could be a video actually you don't necessarily even have to have a person doing it um yes yeah, you're right it just said yeah it saves so much time later on right well yeah teaching someone to fish as opposed to <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> looking for fish for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and the other thing it seems like uh, you know if you had this and you're a small company and maybe you're being acquired by a larger company that mm-hmm. um, it might, you know, enhance your value to some degree mm-hmm. to say these guys have this incredible asset that not only when we bring them on board, do we have all their stuff organized, but now we have this system that we can all take advantage of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah, that's def- definitely been the case, and I've seen that happen with other softwares in in um, when there's been mergers and things uh, in previous companies that I've worked for. Um, yeah, there's definitely been technology that's 
they've thought, hmm, this is a really good thing. This is already in this company. Um, and then, you know, we can learn from what that company has done. So I feel like like the smaller companies perhaps that are looking to be bought um, later on the line, I think if they can get things like this running, um, yes, it's definitely be, it, it would definitely be very appealing, I think, because you want to learn from the new, the smaller company or the company that's that you're you're buying, um, the new things that they know, the, the knowledge they have, and maybe even the software and the the people that they have too. Yeah, I feel like that example has come up on another episode where mm-hmm. some technology solution was we we discussed it in that same context. Like if you have one of these things, it's going to make you more attractive. More, um, you know, I can't, I won't say it's going to pay for itself in an acquisition or something, but it just, (laughs) but companies, you know, they're looking for your people and your skills and your products, but also, you know, these things aren't nothing. They're not negligible assets that, you know, Yep. No, I agree. Value. Mm -hmm. I think also with DAM, it's very easy to scale it. So you, even if it is small, so say for example, you've just got 10 users and say a thousand files that, you know, that's, that's a DAM. And if you then have another, and you're thinking about working in another country, it's very easy to then scale that. You've got another 20 users in another country. You can then, you can, you can permission the files as well. So if you only wanted one country to see one type of file, you can permission it that way. Um, And if you wanted both those countries to see a certain type of file, you can also permission it that way. So it's very, very scalable. It's very, very easy to, to change and switch um, permissions and uh, roles um, and different asset groups of where, where you actually store the data within your dam. Nice. I think this is really helpful. I mean, I just think as a, you know, a former Marcom director and oh my gosh, I mean, <laughs> you've had various ranges of intranets and other storage tools for, um, mm-hmm. but most of them were storage places and not links that would automatically update everything that existed out in the universe already. Uh, I just think it, it, this would make a lot of people happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that, when that's what we aim, that we aim to do at Wide yeah. Yeah, I think really just to, the foundation that you can build on and, and also going back to, you know, if you're a new company starting out and this is re- a really good thing to just get sorted from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So where can people go to find out more information, um, you know, about you or learn something about digital asset management? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. If you search for Frankie Buckle Wyden, um, if you want to ask me any questions personally about Dam, please do get in touch. Um, and then the uh, website to find more about Wyden is uh, www.wyden.com. Um, and there's a lot of lot of great content on there. There's lots of examples of other customers that um, that we serve and customer case studies of all the different things that they're doing with the Dam. Whether that's the core just digital asset management system or whether it's the other applications that we have, um, whether that be the workflow tool that I mentioned before. But we also have something called Templates, which is a web-to-print uh, solution as well. Um, and um, the, also we have in- Insights as well, which is the uh, analytics side of our DAM as well, which is, is actually included in the main DAM tool. Nice. Yeah. I think that would be very helpful because I'm sure we just touched on the surface of, of what you can, mm-hmm. what you can yep. achieve with <laughs> a system like this. All right. So Frankie Buckle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. No worries, Chris. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the podcast. It's oh, been great. My pleasure. Thank you. Regular listeners of this podcast will know I'm a huge advocate of creating content efficiently. So it only makes sense 
that you would want to manage that existing content efficiently as well. So um, something to think about. We've talked a bit about podcasts for your customers, but have you thought about what a private podcast for your internal audience could do for your business? Let's take one example. A salesperson has a lot of windshield time that does nothing for you. And when they arrive at a customer site, they're really going to want to open that slide deck to get the latest on your new products. Maybe not. Maybe they'd rather call the product manager and chat for an hour while they're rolling down the highway to get updated. An internal podcast would allow all your people to stay up to date easily. And that's just one example. Think it's worth trying? Send me an email, chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a couple of friends, share it on social media, leave a rating or review on iTunes, and I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye.